1: There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there's also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen.
0: All right, Dunkers, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is James Hansen, Hansen James on Twitter.
1: And this is Milo, my underscore low on the Twitter. And
0: guys, guess what? Yesterday I had a birthday bender. It was my birthday yesterday. And for that, for me, that meant Nickelcade and more Diet Mountain Dew than I should have drank. It was a wild, wild party. You
1: you party hard.
0: (laughs) I, I woke up just fine the next day. That's, but
1: that's that's crazy. Man.
0: <laughs> but if you guys want to get me a birthday present, here's what you can do. You can go to Apple Podcasts, search SLC Punks, and give us a review. You can write anything we want, and I will read it. So do that. Give us a review, it'll be amazing. Other news is the Jazz play regular season basketball starting on Wednesday. Ah, uh, here it, goes. It's it's finally here, regular season basketball. The games matter. We only have one uh, serious injury before the season even started, so maybe that's a good thing.
1: May he rest Just, in peace.
0: <laughs> that's right. to be, Although, and we'll get to Dante a little bit, because there's some, you know, we see video of Dante walking around practice without a sling, so who knows even what's going on with that. But to start the podcast, we want to talk a little bit about the first few games coming up. The Jazz have a very important start to the season. In reality, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the first four games. And we're going to talk about the first two. The Jazz start off the season on Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets. So what do you think, Michael? I actually think the Jazz have a good chance of winning this game because they've played so well in preseason.
1: I I think this is, is a win. Regardless of how good the Utah Jazz are going to be this season, I think it's just going to be a win just because there's going to be a lot of adrenaline, home game wanting to prove that they're they're past the Gordon Hayward team and this is their team. So, similar to how Cleveland like came out of the gate after LeBron left and they looked like they were actually going to play competitive. Um I think any team is going to want want to after their star left to you know show that they're they were so I think this is a win regardless of how good this team is going to be. It's it's going to be an interesting matchup. So you got these first three games that the the Jazz play. First off, it's it's like this, uh, you know, front line terror. So with with Denver, you have to face Millsap and Jokic, and then against the T Wolves, you have to face Butler and Karl Anthony Towns, and then with and then once you get to OKC, you're facing Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Stephen Adams, and then that's before you even get to the guards in all these all these matchups. And you have Gary Harris, who is underrated and is a, a great litmus so. test. If, if people are like, "Man, I can't believe Gary Harris got that much money," uh, well, uh, you're about to see why, and you're about to see when you have better players, you know what that does. Like Denver's. Uh, I think the people who say, well, I don't see Denver as a better team this year, ha- didn't get to see enough Denver and how well they were playing at the end of last season. Uh, Jokic really turned that thing around.
0: I really I really like Denver and just because they're, they remind me of the Jazz in that they're a small market team that have found ways to find good players later in the draft and have developed those guys. So, I mean, I... I'd take Rudy over Jokic because I, you know, you know, I'm a Rudy guy. But it's going to be fun for, to just look. I, so Jokic to me seems like one of the more kind of polarizing figures in the NBA. It feels like he is the epitome of eye test Twitter versus analytics Twitter. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well he does because you look at his stats. They're not, they're not like box score stats. They're not like right. blow you away they're good but it's the advanced stuff that really is alarming yeah, he, he's so, like
1: he's to the offensive end as gobert is to the defensive end when it comes to analytics like you if you look at gobert and, and Jokic, and you just look at their base numbers and you were to be fantasy fantasy basketball dude you'd be like this guy you know this guy's i mean he's okay like you know he,
0: it's like it's like 16 8 and 5 so it's like it's not gonna like blow you away but they're nice i mean mm-hmm. five assists from your center position is really nice and so i'm just fascinated to watch and see how good they actually are because they actually put some nice pieces around Jokic with our our great former player paul Millsap, uh like you said gary harris who is a very nice two-way player who honestly got a reasonable deal with them i don't know what it was it wasn't a max but it was a nice deal it's a nice get for for denver So that'll be a great litmus test for the Jazz. It's going to be two styles. It's going to be ultra defense versus ultra offense. I can't wait to Uh, see
1: Denver's all power forward lineup.
0: That's right. That's right. By the way, can we just say thank you to Denver two years in a row? They've just, or I don't know if it's, well, two massive gifts they gave us. The first one being Rudy Gobert and the second being Donovan superstar Mitchell. Thank you, Denver. You're welcome. We really Uh, did
1: nothing to, to deserve this.
0: And Trey Lyles, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bash Trey Lyles.
1: Like, I but. but the thing was, the Jazz had plenty of depth at the power forward position and and big position, especially if Derek favors. What we've seen with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert playing is Derek Favors is more being uh, a utility guy between the power forward and center position, rather than bulk all the time playing with Rudy Gobert at that power forward position, and. And Trey Lyles, I hope he turns out. I hope he turns out okay. Like he's an exciting prospect. His rookie year, he looked like he would be be the prototypical. Hey, this is this is where the four is going. Shot the three pre- pretty decently for his rookie year. He looked like yeah. he put put it on the floor and, and get to the basket. And then yeah, he
0: looked kind of like a Kevin Love light. Like yeah. he could be something really nice uh, and- off the
1: bench. Like if that's your you, if that's your you know your. First big off the bench who can provide that spacing would be great. Then his second year, he just it just didn't look like he could put it together. So I mean, I don't think he's as bad as his sophomore year. Uh, he's somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, where that where that lands, it, like hopefully he puts it together and he's a good backup big off the bench. I think working with Millsap and the kind of workman. Attitude that Millsap brings to to the sport, like Millsap's just a true professional. Like he go he 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 attacks the off season on what he needs to improve. I still like. Is it crazy to me that I'm like, man, Millsap's you know almost thirty or is is thirty, and I'm like, he's probably going to get better next year. Like I just assume that out of Millsap because he just works hard, and that's a good thing to have around this young team in Denver. Like he's he he is a perfect like. He's as if the Jazz were able to get Joe Johnson four years earlier, like he's a good mm-hmm. pro to have around that team in and in a good presence. So, with 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 the Denver game, I think the Jazz win it. I think it is going to be close. I think it's uh, a
0: fun game. It's going to yeah, be fun, be, uh,
1: like all these games. Like uh, going to going to Oklahoma City. Uh, so then the Jazz. Oh uh, well, no, let Minnesota. They then travel to Minnesota. And what do you think with that game, James?
0: I think uh, it's a chance to see just how good the Timberwolves are because, to be quite honest, I don't know if I'm completely sold on them yet. I do like Jimmy Butler, and Carl Anthony Towns is a fantastic offensive center. I don't know if he's any good defensively because he wasn't last year. Uh, And then we get to see how good Andrew Wiggins is. Andrew Wiggins is like. So it's going to be interesting. The Jazz might have a chance to really steal one because Jimmy Butler really is a—he's a baller. He's just a defensive
1: beast. I love and his attitude, he, like the way he like gave out his phone number. Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> like the guy he,
0: looks like he just looks like he'd scare me if I, I was on the court and he was guarding I, me. He I, would
1: scare me. I, I love Jimmy Butler. I th- I just think he's a really down to earth guy. Like Jimmy Butler's, a, and and uh, I mean watching like Chicago fans and how they felt towards him is, is a bit different than how they felt like towards like a Michael Jordan, or someone else like Michael Jordan was like a God in Chicago. Uh, Derek, Derek Rose was like, uh, the chosen son of Chicago. And then he had Jimmy Butler who just felt like he could be your best friend. Like he, he could be <laughs> one of the guys, like, like he could be chilling with you. And then next night he's going to be, you know, hooping it up. So, uh, I'm excited to see. I, I I think that's going to be a good litmus test, both for Utah and for Minnesota. For for Minnesota, I think it's it. I think the Jazz, if they do win this, it's because you, uh Minnesota hasn't quite gelled with all their new pieces. Because it's easy to point to them and be like, "Wow, they got they got Jimmy Butler. They brought on Jeff Teague. They got you know they 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 got Taj Gibson and and But then you you look at this and you're like, wow, that's a lot of turnover. Same with Utah, a lot of turnover, Mm -hmm. a lot of new faces. And so how are the pieces going to come together? Are they going to come together pretty quickly? And the defensive piece, I think you hit it right on the head with Carl Anthony Towns. Are they going to be put together? Because for for Thibodeau, who is known for being a coach who – uh, it wants to have a strong presence on uh, on defense. Is Jimmy Butler going to be that guy who goes over there and all of a sudden it raises a level? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I they kind of remind me of Utah last year, where you're like they have the talent around them. Are they going? Is this the year is this the year where they finally just take the step and 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 seize it because they they're talented. No one's no one's debating whether Andrew Wiggins has got. M- mother loads of uh of potential. Same with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns uh, I, I dare say like you can ask jazz fans to be like hey would you trade Rudy Gobert for Carl Anthony Towns and you're going to get you're going to get a pause there. You're not going to get be like no. You're going to be like mm I got to I got I got to think about that. So he's a really good player. Uh but I don't trust Jeff Teague. Yeah. I I I don't trust him on the perimeter. I I I don't know what they're doing at the four position or, you know, if it's Taj Gibson, then Utah can really bully ball their way with, with spacing um, with that lineup, especially if they have favors and Gobert, So they match up pretty well to them.
0: The the thing that's interesting to me about the Timberwolves, I actually watched them twice. uh, And it's hard to gauge anything when a team plays the Warriors, because they played the Warriors in, I think it was China. And I, I watched that and, I just don't know what you get out of that because you're playing against M. Bison. And so it's just like, I don't know. But when I watched them play, I think it was the Lakers. One of the things I think the Jazz will have a real advantage with is their bench just was a sieve. And I think the Jazz, that's one of the Jazz's um, advantages this season is their bench. That they have Joe Johnson that comes in. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, who I think should be a starter, but is going to definitely be f- at the very least coming off the bench for a lot of minutes, and is just going to score it at, e- at will on a lot of these teams. We have a chance to really make up points, you know, with our depth and with our new run and gun Pete Maravich style that we're doing now. Yeah. Uh, we have, we could really steal that, especially if they are just not quite gelling. That's a that you know our defense is going to cause a lot of issues. That's the one thing that we can put our hang our hat on.
1: Yeah, like, I, let, like, I like I what Zach Lowe said. Zach Lowe he said uh the, the Jazz's defense is going to strangle a lot of offenses and and cause a lot of millennial offensive players uh, defensive players to be like, "You know what? Just score already. I just want the ball back." Because of at their pace that they go. So, I mean, they're methodical. <laughs> That's it, well, good. well, it, it, it's kind of interesting. It's like looking at the Utah Jazz, they've they seem very similar to the Atlanta Hawks of a few years ago, who Quinn Snyder also was on the coaching sna- staff of, when they had that big year, that big run. And the, one of the hallmarks of that was were a few players who were underrated, who were definitely all-stars, that people just didn't rate highly, players like Paul Millsap, Al Horford. And, and then you had um, really good pieces like – well, I, I should say like just above average pieces and Jeff Teague and others – that when you combine them with certain pl- players and, and a certain system, and people knew their roles in this team, they could just steamroll people during the regular season. Now that comes to a grinding halt when you don't have a star in the postseason, as we saw with that team. But in the in in the regular season, where teams don't have like aren't focused on on scouting the same team over and over and over again, yeah, Utah. Utah could definitely sweep uh, sweep some teams under under the rug just by their discipline. Absolutely, they're
0: they're going to be in these games. That's the one thing is that the Jazz are going to be in these games, and if they can just find a way to score enough at the end of games, I mean they I could I mean so these first four games they play Nuggets, Wolves, Thunder, and Clippers. I can see them all of those games being close. I you know I just don't see the Jazz getting blown out that often this year.
1: No, you know, I, I think they're going to be happen. close. I think teams are going to hate playing the Utah Jazz. I think a blowout to the Utah Jazz will be by ten points. But if you think about their their pace, um, ten points is going to feel like twenty points when when you're in a when you're you know running ten you know close to ten possessions less than mo- what most teams average during the regular season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean. That's, that's going to feel like a lot, but yeah, they're going to be a definite grind it back and be like, hey, what's it like for a 2017 to play a team in the early 90s? Let's find out.
0: <laughs> oh, So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. It starts on Wednesday night. We're going to have post-game show Wednesday night. We're going to have all sorts of previews. So go to SLC Dunk, read all the things, comment, all that stuff. All right, so we wanted to talk a little bit about the preseason, which honestly I don't know. I mean, other than obviously the the Donovan or not the Dante Exum injury, which words cannot describe how much that sucked, but it sucked. But other than that, it was a highly successful preseason, I would say. I think the Jazz um, they played a few uh, Euro, t- well, they played an Australian NBL team, and then they played uh, Maccabee Haifa from Israel. Uh, those games were actually a chance for the Jazz to really kind of. It kind of worked out perfectly. I felt like those two games were against a level of talent that allowed them to kind of run their sets and kind of figure out their rotations a little bit without worrying so much about playing against someone who, you know, can just. a high level talent that's going to be, you know, affect your flow. So I thought that was actually really smart of the Jazz to play two teams that weren't quite D league level talent, really. Uh, and then they go in and they play the Lakers. Who am I missing? Suns. And the Suns. The freaking Suns. Yes. Uh, but I, 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 it was a very successful preseason. And the, the big takeaway for me is that I think we have a future superstar in our hands in Donovan Mitchell. He absolutely has looked like everything you would want in a star player. I am over the moon about this guy. He is – I mean you go – you look at him in terms of just a player, his physical – ability his physical attributes and then you look at his ability to score his ability to shoot his ability to fend and then the fact that he's he's a smart guy he loves film he learns you can literally watch him he's like the borg from star trek he just like assimilates and then goes out and does it and then defeats his opponent and then on top of that he's got a great personality yeah he's got he's got a
1: he's, <laughs> he's just really got a natural a good... feel to the game which is i i mean and I think that's disingenuous to say to a lot of players because they're like they got a natural feel, you know, feel to the game, and and that just means they've worked. They're just tireless in their craft. Like no oh, one accidentally yeah. becomes really good at basketball, and but but it, it just he just makes really difficult things look easy. Like in the Lakers game, there was one where he was driving to the hoop, stops on a dime, pump fakes, and then and. Goes up and under between two defenders for an acrobatic layup, and made it look just buttery smooth. And and that's something. And, and as a rookie, like mm-hmm. a rookie, that was that's a move that 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 Gordon Hayward started to do like his fourth or fifth year. That's a move that I don't think outside of uh, like I maybe we saw like. I think we maybe saw that from, like, Darren Williams, like, a couple times. So that tells you just the level of of, of competitor that you got in Donovan Mitchell. Just – he's able to do plays like that where it just is just like – he's going to have a lot of no, 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 no. Oh, my goodness, that was awesome. Like, he's okay. going to be like those no, 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 yes, 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 yes. Like – just because we're just so used to uh, not having a player who has that caliber, who is able to uh, do the things that he does. I think one of the other things that is just awesome from preseason, so Jazz went 5-0 in preseason, for went undefeated in preseason for the first time since 2010-2011, uh, uh, 2000, <laughs> <laughs> which if anybody remembers, that was a great year. As in uh, uh, Jerry Sloan retired and Darren Williams was traded.
0: An ominous year.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of Darren Williams being traded in that year, he was on his own podcast and he did say the Jazz traded him. He did confirm, finally. Uh, That's right. He confirmed that he actually – Got traded because he told them he wasn't going to re-sign in Utah. So now all the people, finally, all the people who were stunning for Darren Williams, being like they did, they never gave him a chance. Blah blah blah. Uh, man, they played the Jazz played that played that one right. Now they did not play Paul, trading Paul Millsap. They should have just gutted everything then. But <laughs> yeah. but uh, but on the uh, but on the other hand, um, so he did say that he did uh, other. Uh, other crazy thing, Jeremy Williams was almost traded back to Utah last year, so that would have put Dante Exum on a third on the on the depth chart. Well, actually fourth because Shelf and Mack would have still been playing some minutes. Because, uh. who, of course he would. Um, so he almost got traded back, and he still would like to play in Utah. So um, I count me as someone who thinks like, especially with uh, the Dante Exum injury. I think it would be kind of interesting to see Darren Williams back in Utah as a backup point guard.
0: I just – I don't see it, but maybe. Well, because I think why not – aren't those minutes going to go to – it's got to go to Donovan Mitchell though, right? Because – so talking about that natural feel for the game, Donovan Mitchell had that one play where he – and it just reminds – it's so Dwayne Wade-esque that he just – because he's 6'3", and he just has a knack for scoring at the rim. I just, so, I mean, I guess we could sign Darren Williams, but I just want all the minutes to go to Donovan Mitchell. Look, I, want... I just
1: have a Darren Williams jersey that I just haven't been able to wear for like seven <laughs> years, okay? Darren, like, just just let me be well, able you can to. Still like... You can still wear it. You could still wear it. He lives he in Utah. Like, wait, did Marvin Williams wear number eight when he was here? Did he wear number eight when he was here? Uh... I can't remember if he did or not. He should have. But, um,.
0: But uh, that's what I want to see is um, if Darren Williams joins the Jazz, it would be a fun little story to kind of end the year. I don't know how much he has left because, my goodness, in the finals, he was unplayable. Mm -hmm. It was pretty bad.
1: I would like to see what he does with Quinn Snyder and also maybe Joe Johnson and Darren Williams can go to hot yoga together. (laughs) Don't they hate each other, though? Like, I don't know. I
0: think that's actually a thing. I think do they, they actually do they hate each, each other. Oh, that's I think crazy. that might be a thing. Well, maybe they but... can.
1: Maybe they can like patch it up over hot yoga. Maybe like <laughs> they can find their center at or hot Panther. yoga.
0: They can go to the tattoo like, parlor. Yeah, just and get cover their, up yeah, t- t- yeah, Just
1: get your Bikram on and just 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 <laughs> j- just be part like one with 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 your with your chi. And 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 just really just iron out those difficulties. So um, just sweat it out. Yeah. So I, I think that I think another really so you had the five and zero start. So that's promising. Hopefully we don't lose our head coach and our and our best player in the process this season. <laughs> um, I do think uh, there. You know the the signs for caution are. It was an MBL team from Australia a Euro-League Euro team in, in uh, Maccabi, or I don't know how to say it, her name, Haifa, mm-hmm. um, Phoenix Suns, and then you have the Los Angeles Lakers. So you have you have these four teams that they've played. Four, four D-League th- teams. Yeah. Just kidding. Uh, well, Just kidding. The, I will say the Lakers are much improved. So that was a good... They, are, they looked good. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers, I don't think, are a playoff team, but they're definitely not like the... Chalk chalk a W up when we play them team. They're definitely a if you're not on your game, they're they're going to they're going to sneak uh, sneak a win at, against you. Um, but but that being said, you look at these teams and there there are some warning signs. So you have the Utah Jazz's offense with their starters was horrendous was. Really bad until the first substitutions came in, and then the offensive rating went up. The Jazz had an offensive rating of 110 in preseason. Their starters are were not part of that. Were not part of that um, solution. And part of that, you look at the you you look at that starting lineup of Ricky Rubio, Rodney who could Hood. not
0: hit a shot the first two games. First literally. two games,
1: yeah. And so, and, and that's a that's a large part of it too. Those first two games. Yeah, you go over eleven in your first two games. It's going to bring down the averages on your offensive rating as a, <laughs> as a lineup. Now he played a lot better. Like he scored twenty points, twenty points, and had no assists in like another one. Like Rubio was a scorer, so that was that was kind of crazy to watch. Um. So I, it looks like the you know law of averages took over there and, and kicked in Rudy's fa- uh, not Rudy's Ricky's favor. But still, Ricky is a even if he becomes an average shooter, average. So we're talking like thirty percent. That's still a guy that you can drop off on that they're going to make take make to beat them. So that allows you to cover favors and and bare. and favors wasn't looking like he he still hasn't displayed that. He can hit that mid-range shot. It, it seems like since he was injured last year, that it's just gone. It's mm-hmm. it just it it it's just not hitting, and so that means that guys on Ingles and Favors can just stay glued to them, and then whoever's guarding Ricky can just really ball hawk that lane uh, for the entry pass, and so and we saw that. We also saw them just be absolute terrors on the defensive end, though.
0: Yeah, Ricky's steals are something behold. He literally just—I mean, it's—it's it's crazy how you watch him just honestly take it from people. Like some of the steals yeah. you see, it's like it's like deflections in a lane. Ricky literally just takes it from people. It's fun to watch, and he does it multiple times a game. So <sighs> Ricky is honestly—he's going to continue to be kind of polarizing for some people because. You're right. Like, if, if Ricky Rubio shoots, like, 33% from three this year, that is a wild success. Just an absolute awesome thing that could happen if he shoots 33%. If he shoots
1: three. 33%, uh, the Jazz are a playoff team. Oh, that easily. Cha- that changes everything. And, and, and uh, so, yeah, like you said, he was ball hawking those lanes like, like – to and, the extent and, that Joe Ingles does, where you saw Joe Ingles, where you're just like, I don't know how he has the ball now, but he does. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, Ingles is incredibly good at stealing the ball, and is. I think one of the one of the values Ricky Rubio has brought to is he brings kind of a mentality. Um, I mean, at NBA.com dot com and ESPN talked about. So when we played on national ESPN, shout out to ESPN for talking about the Lakers for the entire pregame show. And but one thing that. Exactly. They, play, they they
1: they were fine they were so adamant about not talking about the Jazz that they talked about potential Celtics lineups.
0: Oh, it's just insulting. Like are like,
1: "Oh man, is Avery, like without Avery Bradley, it's like I Yeah, how does we an Avery playing Bradley the, you,
0: conversation happen? We
1: were playing, what the heck? We were, this is a Lakers like Mark Mark Jackson shows up to games the way that most like college students show up to like their general classes midterm. Like they're just like <laughs> i haven't studied all semester but whatever's up here i'm just gonna wing it and just hope for the best
0: <laughs> but the thing they talked about most of that game that was frustrating is a player that didn't even play lonzo ball uh what ricky brings is very similar to what people talk about lonzo bringing is that he brings a mentality and he in in a lot of ways i feel like ricky has shown the other jazz players how to play at an up-tempo play- pace where he really forces you to run the floor like he is getting long passes and he's pushing it up he passes
1: people open i remember hearing that uh, i remember talking about that with darren williams and we haven't had a point guard since darren williams who's done that where he's pushed he's passing the ball where he wants you to be rather than uh, than hitting the open man like he he pushes people open which Mm is a a we haven't had that since since Darren Williams, so that's a a really fun thing, and especially with Rudy Gobert, and Ricky is testing uh, has test players like you could see him testing those limits. There was one game where he had a grip ton of turnovers, but you could tell he was testing where people would be, how far they could like for like a couple times with uh, Rudy Gobert just being like. I'm just going to put it up there, and we're going to just see how, you know, what, what the limits are with this. And there haven't been jazz players – well, there have been jazz players who have done that. They just can't accurately make that pass.
0: Oh, it absolutely is like a quarterback who sees the tight end and just throws it to where he knows that only that player can catch it because he knows that they can make it. And it's, it's honestly – yeah, you're right. It's like throwing it to a wide receiver knowing he's going to go up and get it because Rudy will go up and get it over everybody. It's it's going to be fun to watch. So yes, mm-hmm. the shooting we wish it would be better. If he shoots thirty three percent, we should all throw a party. But the the de- defense Ricky brings, the passing, I th- I feel like he brings like an upbeat. Uh, just just Attitude. being on the floor, it makes mm-hmm. you more up tempo and upbeat, and it's fun to play with him. I'm sure because yeah. you know you're going to get passes and you know you're going to get points.
1: I I think one thing, one big thing to watch with uh, uh, with this team is a. Um, for the beginning of the season, I, I'm starting to think that the reason Quinn Snyder's going with this Gobert favors uh, front court is just to throw people off their offensive rhythm at the beginning of games, and then you can start, then you can, then you can really like make it a slugfest, so that by the time the first substitution happens, about the seven eight minute mark, it's like seven to five, and you have a team that's just just. A, a, offenses, you know, offenses are just pissed. Um I think another thing that we're going to see um in the uh, one thing I really liked in the preseason was uh, Thabo. Thabo was great.
0: Thabo, Thabo, he actually double
1: which was, was just I thought he looked very athletic. I thought he he shot the ball okay. Defensively, I thought he was amazing and especially in these first 3 games against the Thunder, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. They need every last minute they can out of him because and I expect him to play a lot of minutes. I expect him I think he's going to be close to 30 minutes especially against the Timberwolves and uh and the Thunder because against the Thunder we're they're, we're going to be rotating with against Russ, uh Russ, Paul George and and Carmelo. And they need his versatility. They're, uh him for, for the Jazz to come out, like, 2-1 and one in this, uh, Tabo oh. has to have amazing defensive games. So does Joe Ingles. And Donovan Mitchell is going to have to... Like, Donovan is going to get his fastest welcome-to-the-NBA moment as he's, as he's backing up Ricky Rubio for some minutes and having to go from a switch from Paul George to Russ, from Russ to Carmelo. Like, he's going to get a brutal... Well, baptism by fire, for yeah. sure.
0: It's going to be fun to watch, and I'm not kidding. I think this guy, I think he's up to the task. It's going to be fun to see what he does, but man, he has just stepped up to the plate every time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just played well, and yeah. I I don't expect anything else. Yes, he might not have the greatest games, but that's because he's going to be starting off against like the MVP, like you said, Paul George. It's going to be rough. He's going to be playing against... Uh, Gary this, Harris is going to be an interesting matchup.
1: Right. It, what's What's hard about this week is you can see I don't see there a path to three and O, but I do see a path to 0 and three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if we and we shouldn't get too scared. If we lose three games, it's yeah, not the biggest deal.
1: No, I mean, the, the, I mean, the Utah Jazz is like uh, who's Who's the fourth game after this? It was it's then it's the Clippers. Uh, it's the Clippers in LA. Like this is this is insane. Utah Jazz could start out the season zero and four and still be a playoff team because they start out against the Western Conference gauntlet and just a really rough, really rough uh, start to the opening season. So, not hey. not a fun position to to be in for for Utah. But the Utah Jazz showed that their de- The good news is their defense looks on point. It look like. They had they averaged eighty nine point six uh like their defensive rating was eighty nine point six in the preseason. Yeah, that's uh that's that's good. That's
0: that'll win some games. That'll, that'll if,
1: do do okay.
0: If we have the best defense in the league, which is very possible, we have a chance to win all these games. Yeah. And it takes one night where Ricky Rubio shoots a great percentage and we win that game easily. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that'll happen. And then we'll have nights where Ricky can't hit a shot. And Donovan looks like a rookie, and we don't win. That's yeah, kind of basically that simple.
1: Yeah, and but, uh, there's a good chance those games are going to be road games. And like, yeah. uh, like the Jazz last year were a good road, uh, good road team. Uh, that might not be the case this season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Either way, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. I am hyped. I hope. Uh, my question is, when does Donovan Mitchell start? And my my this kind of ties into our Rodney Hood discussion that we I want to have right now because Rodney Hood did not get an extension reported by Tony Jones of Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, it looks like they're going to allow him to play and then see kind of what offers he gets, and if they like it, they'll match it. But the big uh, one of the interesting notes from Tony Jones article is they just want to make sure that that Rodney Hood can one stay healthy and two be consistent on offense. Because Rodney Hood is not going to be a defensive cornerstone on any team he plays on. He can be a good team defender because we know that Rodney Hood has started for very high-level jazz defenses. And so he can be a team defender, but he's never going to be an above-average or you know yeah. stopper. He, but if if he can be a consistent offensive threat that can hit threes at a nice rate, and he can also be healthy because that's the biggest problem with Rodney Hood is – not we know his desire. We know how hard he works and plays. Uh, we know he's a great guy and he's you know, but the health is just an issue. Like last season, he started off the season on fire. What well, uh, if you looked at real plus minus the first month of the year? I remember he was literally like the number two shooting guard in the NBA in real plus minus, mm-hmm. and then he got I can't remember what it was if it was a foot or a knee or an ankle or something that just kind of bugged him for the rest of the year and it just Tapered off, and by the end of the year, he was a bench player. And so, what we need to see from Rodney Hood is just consistency. Can he be a forty percent three point shooter? I don't know. It looks like he can, but we got to see it before we do it.
1: There, there were some promising signs in preseason. Um, so preseason, uh, so he only averaged about fifteen, sixteen minutes a game, and. and he he did get pulled out of a game because he had uh what was it, a sore neck an injury an injury but in preseason he shot he was uh 63% field goal percentage he shot he shot from 3 69% 69% so
0: no, i don't know if that's sustainable completely probably sustainable. sustainable probably <laughs> probably
1: okay, i don't know why it wouldn't be so if you if you can it, so Donovan Mitchell's per thirty six averages were pretty impressive, uh, mainly for the fact because he was playing like about 25 uh, – tw- 23 minutes per game, and he yeah. was he was doing this. Now Rodney Hood. Now if you take a guy who's playing fifteen minutes and then you and and who's ultra efficient, and then you extrapolate that, uh, I'd I like to call it the Jeremy Evans effect, where you're like, wow, this guy's going to score thirty eight points a game and drop and it's throw and, MVP of the league, And bring down thirty rebounds. Per 36, just play him 36. Now, now, I I do think – now, that would uh, turn out to be about 26 points per game. Is he going to be a 26-point-per-game score? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a road to about 20 to 20 points per game, but he's going to be a spot-up shooter. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy who is is going to uh, you know create, but man, oh, man, he's going to get looks. If the right oh, things absolutely. happen, he's going to get tons of looks. And so he needs to be the guy uh, to – he needs to hit those shots. If he hits those shots this year, man, oh, man, he's he, uh, I totally going to be in a great position. I do think though – so consistency, I think that another thing that is going to be important is Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell is going to force them – to, Here we go. To move him this is what I was trying lineup. to lead into so for for Rodney Hood and Utah Jazz have a this is a great problem to have, but it is a problem because you have a player in Rodney Hood who you're still in the development curve with mm-hmm. and you and and he is a six foot eight shooting guard, and that gives him an advantage. You have a shooting guard who has really great size who can bully people in the post. But you have Donovan Mitchell who's showing showing potential, and so you're going to look at Rodney Hood and be like, "Is this a guy who we can re- rely on to be a small forward? Can he go to the small forward small forward position? Guard it, and that's the most important thing. It, they know he can play. They know he can play wing. Like in the, in the." In the NBA, it doesn't really matter your size when it comes to to the wing. Just like, can you knock down your shots and, and, and uh, play in that? Having good size is helpful for posting up. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, he's okay. He's okay small forward on, on, on offense. That, that's not what they're worried about. What they're going to be worried about, though, is when that flips and all of a sudden he's guarding Paul George or he's Guarding Carmelo Anthony or Jimmy Butler or Kevin Durant, or you know these these premier small forwards in the league. Oh, and and guess what, LeBron.
0: Yeah. And, well, and that's and that's the thing. And no one can guard honestly. Like, not even LeBron can guard Katie. But can you guard like the small forward on the Orlando Magic? Or is that guy going to go off? Or on, are you they going to bully you? you? know, are
1: they going to be able to bully you? Um, and 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 and. Playing the small forward position on defense, there's, chance, there's times where you get switched on a much larger defender on that power forward position much more. Are you going to be able to take that physicality for someone who has mm-hmm. shown injury problems? Can, exactly. Can you take that? And so the Utah Jazz today decided that they were not – well, I shouldn't say decided because you still have time and things can change. But it's looking highly unlikely that the Utah Jazz and – and Rodney Hood's camp are going to come to an agreement on an extension, because it probably went like this: Jazz passed the contract and said, "This is how much we feel you're worth, but this is at a small forward position, or coming off the bench, because we have a guy in Donovan Mitchell that is much cheaper." And we're looking at the at at the off and we need we don't know where our team's going to be at that point. We don't really want to commit to to this iteration of the Utah Jazz, because this this wasn't in the roadmap and and his team is going to say no we feel we're a lot better and then you know rodney hood is a lot better player than this and he's a starter and and a and a scorer in this league a premier scorer and so that's what his his side is is out there to do if rodney hood goes out there and scores 22 points a game by all means let's throw all the money at him oh. and keep him like it only it.
0: helps us if he scores and plays well. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like yeah. we're rooting for him to play well because you want to sign great players and if if Rodney Hood can, you know, do what you're saying, bring that consistency up, hit threes and be strong enough to just withstand the small forwards of the NBA, both the great ones but you know, also be able to guard the bad ones. Yeah. Cuz even a bad small forward can go off on anyone if they're, you know, not up to the task. And I don't know if Rodney Hood's shown he can do that yet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like,
1: well, the, the good news is is when you look at Rodney Hood and, and going into his fourth season, just like Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, that was when he took a step, but his efficiency dropped when all eyes were on him. Will it happen with Rodney Hood? I, I, I think there's some things that are working in his favor. A, when Gordon Hayward had to do it, there wasn't really anybody else that teams really focused on. Other than favors, but even then, it was kind of like there was no no big name with the Jazz. You have okay, well, we have Ricky Rubio. There's Joe Johnson who can take pressure off there. Uh, there's Gobert who people have to worry about. So he can he can take a take a step forward without him being the guy that somebody's preparing for on on the other side, and we have to shut hit him down. Mm-hmm. Um. Now. That That's the good news. That's the good news with, with Rodney Hood. I, I So can he do it? The The pathway is open and the road is clear for him to do so. It's just if he takes advantage of it and can he stay healthy? Because before mm-hmm. he got started to have the injury problems last year, he looked like a player where you're like, oh, my goodness. We have him and Gordon Hayward. Man, we have a plethora of riches. Mm-hmm. And then he started to get hurt and you're like, oh, man. And then he lost it. And then – then halfway through the season, we're talking about man. We really should put Joe Ingles at that at that at that starting position, and then by the by the All Star break, Joe Ingles has his his spot. So, is he closer to the guy who lost his lost his starting position to Joe Ingles? If he is, he's losing his starting spot not to Joe Ingles this time, but to Donovan Mitchell.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But if he's and... but if he's a guy who can stay in that position, then all of a sudden we're having this position this conversation about. Okay, well, if Donovan Mitchell's not going to get those get those minutes at you know, at 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 small forward or point guard, we're going to move him to that shooting guard and slot Rodney Hood down, and Joe Ingles is going to be the guy. Rodney Hood is more in a competition against Joe Ingles because either him or Joe Ingles is going to lose their lose their starting spot to Donovan Mitchell just because this kid's a gamer
0: absolutely i mean that game against the 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 lakers was just eye-opening i mean i watched that again he scored 26 points and there was like three or four shots that he had one end again one end of half shot where that was the exciting thing too the, it looks like the jazz have kind of made donovan mitchell their kind of end of game and end of quarter shot taker that
1: was interesting yeah to like hey get get us points a rookie so, and oh, so,
0: absolutely. So if you watch the Laker game, at the end of the first half, Donovan Mitchell, get they give him the ball, they clear out for Donovan, and he missed that layup. I mean, he split two defenders, rises right to the rim, and it just fell – it was – so anyways, he had he had buckets like that that should have – normally would fall. He missed a couple three-pointers. I know uh, we might see some three-point woes from Donovan Mitchell this year, but actually as the year goes on, if that three-point shot starts going cons- becoming consistent – I mean, (laughs) I get excited about a lot of things. I'm excited about Star Wars. I'm excited about Walking Dead next week. But man, if Donovan Mitchell can hit 33, 36% from three, you guys, (laughs) it's going to be an exciting thing. And that's what you're saying is absolutely true. We have to find ways to get Donovan Mitchell on the floor. And he has honestly a, a chance to be our best offensive player by the end of the year. And, and, and you have to get him on the the floor.
1: Guys on guys on the Jazz squad are talking about him. Like, it, I mean, they they recognize like he's a, he's just a really unique talent. Um, beat writers for the Utah Jazz, um, uh, I think it was Steve Steve Lum who you know used to cover them. He's covered them for a long time. Said they haven't seen a rookie like this in a long time, and uh, a long time when you're talking Carl, Daryl Griffith. Like that's that's a, what's crazy is, the the one of the best comparisons to Donovan Mitchell is a guy who came out of Louisville in 1980 who had insane athleticism, could score, and played the shooting guard position. That was you know you know Dr. Dunkenstein. So you he like, he's already
0: it, got an amazing nickname, the Spider, the Spida. I don't know. Yeah, Spider Man.
1: Spider Man.
0: Just. It's just, I mean, if you could have scripted anything to go better, it would be to lose Gordon Hayward, and then we got this just star. He's, a, it, he's
1: the first guy who's made me feel happy about seeing the number forty-five. Like, oh
0: my gosh, been a it's, long
1: time. Well, it's felt like a long time. So, I, 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 I'm just, I, I, he, he's just great. He's, he's going to be great. I, I do think though, um, as far as him starting. I, I think he's going to start sometime after that, after in December. I think he, it, it, I think he'll be after ah. after after the Christmas. Actually, it could happen as early as the uh, the the Christmas uh, road trip that the Utah Jazz take always always right before Christmas, um, or happens right after it. So you know, right at. The near end of of December, right when they're coming back in that first road game back after Christmas, I mean home game. Um, so that, that that's what I think. Uh,
0: I wonder. I wonder if something happens in one of these first four games, though. Like, let's say, let's say Donovan just goes crazy against the Minnesota Timberwolves and we win by like twelve. I wonder if all of a sudden the Jazz are like, all right, who are we kidding? <laughs> like, this guy's got to play. I I wonder if he just has something happen in the first month of the year that just blows us away, and it just would be silly not to. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. Cra- I don't know.
1: I At just time, I just I'm, don't think he. I don't. I don't think so because uh, Quinn because Quinn Snyder was a guard. He's just really picky, and oh, so I well think, we know I, that Sheldon.
0: Yeah. Hashtag Shelvin, Shelvin,
1: yeah, Shelvin Mack and and Dante Exum. So I think because of Quinn Snyder's experience at the guard position, he's gonna. I think he's going to be on his case a lot harder, um, for the things he's seeing, and is going to make him better. But the thing is, is I think Donovan Mitchell's more apt for the task as he's a bit older coming into the NBA than Dante Exum was. I think Dante Exum now is is able to handle the intensity of Quinn Snyder, um. Hmm. But I also think that Donovan Mitchell's just as intense as as Quinn Snyder can be sometimes, and and he's is he's got to... a he's got a
0: leadership demeanor. He's really he goes out there and you can just feel his he's got that calm that things yeah. don't phase him. He, he's just he's a special guy. Speaking of Dante Exum, uh, Tony Jones has been on fire this week. Thank you, Tony, for taking a video of Dante Exum talking with Quinn Snyder during a jazz practice with no sling. So I don't, I don't know what that, uh, what that means. I Um, I, as
1: someone who has had to decided over the last year, whether to have shoulder surgery or just to rehab it myself. So I am your shoulder expert, hashtag not a (laughs) shoulder expert. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what Dante, you know, like is going to his mind right now because a, I know that, you know, it's probably, he's looking at public perception because what player wants to be known as being made of glass, basically, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, rehabbing it, intensive rehabbing, you know, that, that takes months. And when do you know you're back? Right. And you're still going to be scared to land on it. You're just going to be scared to, to take weight and take a fall. just, Putting out your arm and taking, you know, absorbing the crash—that's going to hurt. Hurt like a mother. Um, is he? A, I think he's a gamer. I think he really wants to play this season. I don't think it's—he wants to play because he wants his contract to be better. I think he just wants to be out on the court. I think he's just—I think this was his. You know, he thought it was this his his year this year. So, with with Don, and he was
0: looking he was looking incredible. Honestly, yeah. he looked so good.
1: And I bet you he's looking at every freaking option. If there's a doctor who says he can get him back in three months and better, yeah, I think he's going to take an appointment with that guy. And um, and, and, and this just sucks. It sucks because it's right before the extension deadline, which is on Monday. And it sucks because he looks so good in those first two games. And he looked good before TJ Warren jumped on his back. It looked it, – he just looked – like he had finally gotten to, got to that point and he was playing better than Ricky Rubio was playing in those first two games. And, 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 and we were, we were getting to the point where we we're like, man, are we going to be having the conversation of is, is Dante Exum at, you know, going to push Ricky Rubio for minutes when Ricky Rubio is at his best, which would be a really fun conversation to have. Instead, we're having the conversation of, man, you know, what do the Jazz do? Do they re-sign him to an extension before the season, you know, starts? And what does that mean? You know, do and are they? How long do you invest in somebody with, uh, with that history? And on Donovan, uh, Donovan, on Dante Exum's side, you have to, you know, you wonder like, man, is what 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 do I do? Do I because he was probably thinking, man, I'm gonna. Like we're not going to sign that that extension, whatever they give us, we're going to play our hearts out and 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 show that we're worth that money. Come the you know come to season, come the mm-hmm. off season. Now instead he's he's looking at the Utah Jazz, being like, hey, do you believe in me? And so man, it's just a hard thing with Dante Exum. I hope I hope he can whatever. If if he has so- shoulder surgery, that's probably going to keep him out for the entire season. Um, if he does, if he just rehabs, here's the thing with rehabbing. Like he might rehab for three months and find out it's not improving and might have to have the surgery anyway, or, Mm -hmm. or, or it might react really well to it. He's young. That's the good news. He's like really young. He's not like 33 like I am. And, and, uh, things just don't heal the way they used to heal. Mm -hmm. And, and, but it's just, it's a hard situation. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's hard it it it's crazy because people are almost casting him as a bust and he's just like dude the kid just turned 22 years old he has two even-
0: season ending injuries yeah. in his short career
1: he's he he's only been able to drink liquor for a year yeah like well legally i
0: tell you what if 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 i'm the if i'm the utah jazz we just Obviously, I, I think the Jazz need to sign him to a four-year extension. And it'll be interesting to see kind of what that's going to be at because there might be some teams um, that might throw an interesting offer at Dante, but I think the Jazz are probably going to be willing to beat that. And I think the most important thing for the Jazz to do, and this is James talking, but I think it's time after this season to just commit to Dante being the guy. That we commit to Dante, we commit to Donovan, we commit to Rudy Gobert, and we see what we can get to be kind of another cornerstone piece to play with those guys and then fill the rest with free agency as best you can. yeah, and I think I think that's kind of what you have to do. i I we've put a lot into this guy. He's shown I mean he on it mean, I, it's that's what's so frustrating about it is because for the two preseasons we got to see him and the two summer leagues we got to see him where he was actually healthy and ready to go he looked like he was on the verge of having a great season. And both times he got injured. And so after his ACL, he comes back, but he wasn't quite ready because he's recuperating from an ACL tear. And, you know, it didn't look like our, our health crew was even all that great at getting him back, which is why I think the Jazz brought on a new health team. Now Dante looked great in that he looked like under control, his handle was better, he was hitting threes at like a forty percent clip. He was setting up guys for good shots. He was running the point very, very well. And and then he just has a fluke injury that could have happened to anyone, honestly, because some idiot does a stupid just jumps after a play and it, it's just a fluke thing that happened that sucks. There's nothing you know. And so I personally I think the Jazz after this season should really look at just devoting and committing to Dante as the guy and building around that core with him and Donovan, they looked good together too. You know, they looked like they could play together. They can play the up-tempo pace. They both can just get to the rim at will. And if you can surround them with shooters, like we already have Joe Ingles locked up, uh, you have the makings of a really good team.
1: Yeah, I mean, in preseason, he was, he was aver- like his per 36 was 17 points and... And almost ten rebounds, and a couple <laughs> blocks. He was shooting sixty-six thir- percent from three. He was shooting fifty percent from from the field. He was getting to the line, you know, f- five times per thir- per thirty-six. Like the guy and his plus-minus was out of this world. So oh yeah, it's, that, I don't
0: even know his offensive that, rating, but my I, guess is
1: good. Yeah, and and I, I I posted an article five you know five Utah Jazz preseason trends to watch out for. And him and Donovan Mitchell had a plus minus together that was just insane, and and just wow. let you because they just feed off of each other. There's this little controlled chaos of they're they're fast or quick, they they attack on the perimeter. They actually match the 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 kind of the persona of of Rudy Gobert on that perimeter, which is really awesome. And so you look at that, and you're like, wow, this is. This is this is like your this is a core that you can build around. You have these two exciting guards who can really light it up really quickly, and and then you have this you know, this center who just can grab anything above the rim and throw it down. Now, I, I I'm with you that I think I. I the reason why you wouldn't commit to Rodney Hood is you've already committed to Joe Ingles and you have somebody in Donovan Mitchell who might who might have a higher ceiling than Rodney Hood. And that sucks for Rodney Hood because just a couple of years ago, you're like, wow, we have this guy. This is so special. Um, that being said, with Dante, he's 22 versus Rodney Hood's 25. Yeah. And when you're ta- thinking about Rodney Hood, you're like, man, if we sign a four year, we locked him up until he's 29, and and as he's just getting into his prime, if he has like the kind of the same season as he did last year, you're like, well, is this a guy we want? Is this is who he is basically? At that mm-hmm. point, is, is is this somebody that you lock up for four years or? Because they already looked at Joe Ingles and said, "This is the type of guy we know who Joe Ingles is, and we'll have him for three years." Versus, mm-hmm. you look at with Don with Dante Exum, you say, "If we lock this guy up for another four years, we have him until he's 26. Like mm-hmm. he's just a year older, coming off of his second deal, than Rodney Hood is now. So, so at that point, you have to you have to kind of you weigh your options and be like, okay, well, in this case, I think it's better. You've in, you've already invested this much in Dante Exum. This is really the for, for business majors. I'm sorry, but this is total like sunk cost, like bad strategy. You you put a lot of work into him, but but you still the potential's still there like your return is still still on the horizon. I don't think it's past the point where you can get a return out Donovan Donovan, uh, Donovan Dante Exum. And I think that I think because of Dante Exum's injury and they want to be able to have some security, like you can go to Dante and say, hey, if we lock you up, maybe you don't want a four-year deal because you want to be able to, to see. How about we do this? How about we do a, a two-year deal with a, with a third year player option? You can you can you can uh, exit out after two years, or we can kind of renegotiate and see where see where we're at, and really re- uh, negotiate that that next year or whatnot, and go to the table with that. I think that's a deal that would get done, and you're able to get an extension before the season's over. That way, now da- Dante Exum is not making a decision of man, how quickly can I get back to the court so I can keep my money. Now he's making the decision just in what's best for my career. And not thinking, man. I hope I can get 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 re-signed. Mm-hmm. It, this is this is the worst year that he could get get injured, and he's just he's <sighs> been unlucky. Like that class, you know, with Embiid and and him and uh, Levine and uh, others. It's just like it's a
0: Parker Jabari Parker Jabari
1: Parker like. That just sucks. Like it's not. It, like it's just. Um, it's just bad luck. That's all it is. Just really, yeah. really bad luck at, at some point. And this. And this isn't like Embiid, who has, like his injuries are something where you really have to watch out for because of repeated. Same thing. These are he's just.
0: A, he's just a huge human being. Yeah. You know,
1: Dante. These are acute injuries. This is an ACL that just popped, but it's fine now. And then you have some guy jump uh, jumping and landing on your shoulder and ramming you into the ground that's that's not called injury prone that's that's just called being in the wrong place at the wrong time type of thing so so they're acute injuries are not they're not chronic uh, not like you know uh Derek favors with his knee troubles back troubles plantar fasciitis so yeah, invest in this guy. I say you invest in this guy and you, and you say, hey, we saw, saw enough in preseason and summer league. We know how hard he's working. We know he'll work hard. And I think he's mentally ready at this point for the NBA too. I, I oh, think when absolutely. He, when he first came in, I th- honestly, I don't know what 18, 19-year-old kid is mentally prepared for the NBA. I don't, oh. I don't think there's a one. And
0: Oh, it's you're going up against not only like grown men, But grown men with personalities like Draymond Green and Russell Westbrook who are – they don't want to beat you. They want to humiliate you and destroy you on national television. It's crazy. And I think he's ready at this point. I think he's ready to come in. And I just want the Jazz to show some commitment to him. you know, Because he had a year last year where we didn't see a lot of commitment to playing Dante Axum. And I would like to see – just some commitment and a contract could go a long way to do that. And if it's a two year with a player option, that's great. Or if Dante is excited about playing longer and just maybe he's a little worried about just, you know, making sure I at least get paid as much as I can. Cause you know, maybe he is worried about injuries and things like that. Cause he has had t- two bad injuries. So yes. I don't know. I hope we see some commitment. Cause I think it would go a long ways to, if, if he becomes what we hope he can to stay long-term.
1: Plus it's just hard. It's just hard. Like he's a 22 year old. His family's in Australia. Like Joe, Joe Ingalls wife is basically playing Dante Exum's mom right now. And Dante Exum is playing nanny with his, with mm-hmm. his, with his injury, just chilling at the Ingalls. Like,
0: which was awesome by the way, which
1: is that, like, does the most heartwarming thing where you see like Exum's just chilling with the Ingalls and, 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 uh, and you know Joe is taking care of him, like
0: yeah, shout out to renee, who is who seems like one of the coolest ladies out there,
1: so yeah, like that whole that whole family like legit, awesome, so th- that's hard that's gotta be hard to you know to rehab to go through this, to be worrying about the money this like and and I call biggest sorry exclusive warning, I call the biggest bullshit on players when they're like. Oh, I don't worry about contract. I uh, my 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 agent oh, yeah. handles all of that. Like dudes are human. I think about how much money I'm making at my job all the time, and if I can, and how I'm going to parlay that. And I, and every human being does.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and the fact of the matter that he's he's near the near the deadline for an extension, and then possibly having to go into the season wondering, man am I going to have to take a qualifying offer from these guys Is nobody going to, what if, what if I sign with another team and then they don't match? Like it's a rough situation. So, well, all in all, I, what is your prediction for the week? And we'll end with that prediction.
0: My prediction for the week is that we go into Denver and we get a win with Denver. I think our, I think our defense is honestly going to shock people at times. I think, like part of the reason that sun's game was really fun and interesting was how frustrated the Suns got with with our defensive length not just our length and athleticism but also the execution and i think that we're going to do that to some of these teams i think they're going to just be like not able to score and get frustrated and i think we do that against denver because i think uh rudy just does rudy things and and so I think we win Denver. I think we lose a close one in, with against the Timberwolves just because I think Carl Anthony Towns gives Rudy problems. I just think his shooting is – it's Rudy just it – it is a little bit of Rudy kryptonite when you have a big like that that can shoot like that from the perimeter. It's just hard to for Rudy to do that. So that's what my prediction is. And then uh, let's say a win against the Thunder.
1: Wow, that's big. Because
0: – I think I think that team is going to be figuring it out. I think everything is going to be passing lanes with them. Russell Westbrook driving, and I think we have the ability to slow it down. Uh, and then the Clippers... How about a loss? I say two and two this week. Uh, that's my optimistic outlook for this for, first for, week for of the first four,
1: four games. Yeah. I, I think we're going to be... I think we're going to be... Uh, Two and two, I think our wins are going to be in LA against the Clippers, and then at home against Denver. And I think we're going to lose a uh, close one to the Timberwolves in 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 Rubio's homecoming. That's that we didn't even talk about that. That's Rubio's homecoming. That's right. And then, um, and then I think they're going to, I think they're absolutely going to get waxed by the Thunder. Mm. I think I think Russell Westbrook is just going to just just make us wish that we were never born
0: <laughs> So um, that's bad uh, that doesn't happen
1: But I I just think that's gonna it, like it, it you can't you can't just be like okay all eyes on Russell Westbrook and make anybody else shoot it like now it's just like oh god if he passes it's bad if he shoots it it's bad everything is awful like that Thunder <laughs> Team is just scary to me it's just absolutely scary because, like, you can throw like we don't have like our 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 strength is with Gobert in the paint, but mm-hmm. it, but then they have all these guys who can just like be like we're never gonna go there, and <laughs> and, and then <laughs> well, they have
0: Paul George and and Me- yeah, Melo that can shoot it, and...
1: yeah, and Rubio's a ball hawk, but man, like Westbrook could just bully him, and then we can we oh, can God. put tobble out there, and then like. But you still got one other dude, and then you have favors chasing, chasing Anthony Carmelo. or Carmelo oh, Johnson right. on Carmelo. Oh, that never that's... mind.
0: A... I agree with you. Never mind. Two and two, but I think our fourth win, our second win, comes against L.A.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's. Uh, I think it's two and two. That's how it's gonna. Uh, man, I hate the Western Conference. Screw, screw <laughs> but... conferences.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Just talking about us being able to play Mellow and that, that's going to be fun to watch. Yes. It's, regardless.
1: It's going to be it's going to be great. Well, well, Dunkers, it's been great. Uh, follow us on the uh, good old SoundCloud. Go to iTunes. Subscribe. Check us out. Uh, also go to SLC Dunk for all of your Utah Jazz uh, needs and comments. Comment. Dude, I, we know there's a ton of lurkers out there. Comment. Say what's up. And then uh, follow us on on Twitter at SLC Dunk. Follow us. Well, would it be following or liking? Like us. Like us on Facebook at SLC Dunk. And then check us out on the Instagram at SLC Dunk. I'm Milo.
0: I'm Hanson James.
1: Have a great week.